we now know based on the CDC, they are now able, we, but with the Delta variant, because they carry so much more virus, they could transmit it to their unvaccinated family members. And so I, for example, even though I'm fully vaccinated, my children are not because they're too young to be vaccinated. So I need to be now careful for my children because of all the unvaccinated people around us. That was uh, Dr. Uh, Wackadoodle propagandist uh, Leanna Wen. She shows up on CNN all the time. She's the famous face. And she was also the star of the Boston incident. Um, she was the one giving interviews. She was the one saying that all of the bodies were in the hospital. She was the one that came out and, and gave the interviews in, in the uh, Boston bombing. Yep, that's who CNN hired to tell you that the vaccinated are um, giving it to the unvaccinated. She didn't really mean to say it. She just did. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I have a special guest today, and I'm really excited about Dr. David Martin. And uh, what a thrill. What a thrill to have him. We are going to learn so much. I am a huge, huge fan of Dr. David Martin because I know he knows his stuff. So let's get on with the interview, shall we? First, we're talking about COVID cases, and we're going to be covering some ground in the financial markets, too. Where are all the wealthy sticking their money right now? And David's going to share that with us. David, this case that you were talking about in the last hour is really interesting. Let's cover this again. I don't know if you saw, but just in the last few days, we had an unfortunate situation in Virginia where a a fifth grader, I believe it is, uh, went from perfectly healthy to dead in five days. The official report on CNN Um, And the official report in all the mainstream media has been this girl died of COVID, but missing from her case was any positive PCR test. In fact, she tested negative. Missing from the diagnosis was any radiographic evidence of anything, pneumonia or otherwise. But this is a, quote, COVID case to justify Terry McAuliffe's mandate to get children vaccinated. Jeez. This is this is how egregious the marketing campaign is. We have now these bereaved parents, both of them obese and masked and vaccinated, sitting there talking about their late daughter, telling the world that their daughter's death means everybody needs to be vaccinated. And in the same article, it says there was no positive PCR and there was no radiographic evidence of coronavirus induced infection in the lungs. But because she died and because there are opportunists in the media who want to turn every story into fear porn, that's exactly what they did. I guess I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm, are you surprised? Every day the stories are, it just, it just gets worse and worse. It's the marketing and the desperation of it. Um, are, you, are you surprised when doctors say, well, no, 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 this one's just a little different. It's just a little different. It exists. It's just a little different. Why are they so determined? I, why do they not ask those questions that we Because ask? the medical institutions of the United States became captive to the pharma branded, and, and I'm using pharma now, the proper noun, the, the industry advocacy group pharma, which is the largest contributor to every political campaign, the largest lobbying organization, making the oil lobby and the tobacco lobby look like child's play. The pharma industry has captured the medical schools of America and the medical schools of America have become the front door retail shop for the pharmacy of industrial pharmaceutical medicine. This is not 
an industry and it is not a profession in which the health and life and livelihood of the patient is interesting. This is a customer for industrial pharmaceuticals and that is all there is to it. I mean, the reason it, it, nobody has to look anywhere further than Ralph Barrick's papers on coronavirus back in the 90s to realize that having a pathogen with a S1 spike protein in humans where an enormous number of the 65 and older on ACE inhibitors, which is a drug for blood pressure, mm -hmm. there is no surprise that these people are going to suffer and many are going to die because what we've done is we've exposed those individuals to a bioweapon that amplifies the compromise that's being done by their drugs. Have you heard any of the ACE inhibitor company manufacturers even be discussed as co-conspirators to the deaths in no. New York no. and in Seattle? and in all the aged care facilities? Of course not. And you won't hear it because nobody will actually have the decency of saying that every single physician sat through the exact same physiology course I did when I was sitting through my medical school physiology course. And we all know where the ACE receptors are, the angiotensin um, converting enzyme receptors are. We know where they are. We know where they're going to harm people. And not a single practicing mainstream physician is willing to have the decency of saying that we know the actions we're taking are actually actively harming and at risk of killing people, but we're willing to do it because our paychecks matter more than the oath that we took. Jeez. It's really a scary prospect. People used to really rely, and, and medicine's been going this way a long time, but I think it finally yep. got cemented as centralized medicine from the core that's exactly right. For liability. So last year, they didn't do any new cemeteries. No morticians were on TV saying we're running out of supplies. I mean, honestly, there, there was no actual real evidence of the masses dying, which were really, I think, flu and pneumonia and people being overtreated. When you get into this year, when people say bioweapon with the vaccine, what do you say to that? What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, the vaccine is a bioweapon. It meets the definition. It's a foreign uploaded script, a computer synthesized chimeric alteration of a known pathogen, which is being injected into the arms of citizens of the United States, which means it meets the criminal definition of a bioweapon. Um, so the good news is it, you know, you don't have to interpret anything. It's there. It's true. Um, the great news is Kizzy Corbett, the woman who was given responsibility at Vaccine Research Center for coming up with a sequence in her interview with Frances Collins, was kind enough to tell us that it really didn't take any effort. She could do this on her computer at home, um, which should give you a great deal of confidence that this is something that is well in check. If, if a, um, a young woman physician and researcher from UNC Chapel Hill, not surprisingly, um, Kizzy Corbett, who then went on to NIH to run the Vaccine Research Center, um, the fact that she could actually admit to Francis Collin that she did this on her home laptop with, you know, just kind of Jeez. going through and sampling what she decided was the chimeric sequence to load into the vaccine. Um, that's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But the more important problem, and this goes back to your pr previous observation, is I, because I do a lot of financial research for a whole bunch of reasons, looked at the one place that you will find adverse death rates, and that is life insurance, hmm. financial statements. And it turns out, Kate, there's a depressing piece of data that really harms the narrative, and that is that 2020 mm -hmm. was a 
boom year for life insurance companies because they did not pay more claims than they did in 2019. Ouch. Now, the only way that would be possible is that either COVID only accidentally killed people without life insurance or the whole thing is a fraud. And I'm going to let you make the decision on what you think is most likely. But there's a high probability that the industry that makes its money or not based on paying claims for death claims actually had a banner year because not only did they not pay more claims, but they actually had between 20 and 30 percent increased enrollment of new policies. The reason why that's important is because we've been told that the CDC is doing their counts and mm-hmm. World Health Organization is doing their counts and IHME in Washington is doing their counts and Johns Hopkins and World Ameter and everybody else is doing their counts. There's only one industry that actually makes money on death, which is life insurance. True. And they had a record year in 2020 and it wasn't new policies. It was a decrease in death benefits paid. Wow. Yeah, I you know I wasn't aware of that. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was aware we we spent 16.2 billion and then we spent 16.1 billion in 2020, and I thought something's really wrong here. And I'm really glad you brought that up because these are the kinds of things that people don't tend to think about when they're thinking about the right. year. They think about only what they're told to think about, and so these yeah. kinds of things just go under the radar. They don't think about them. You know, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. In fact, uh, there's so many things like that that have never been discussed. Uh, you know, in in the public before. And then I also think that people still think that the hospitals are going to treat this honestly, that they're going to be reading studies and asking questions and and doing all these things and wanting what's best. But there's a huge payoff in paycheck. And financially, the money comes from CARES. Does it come from um, other places too, to the hospitals for carrying out the NIH protocol? No question. One of the largest financial institutions in the world now, you'll mm-hmm. be disappointed to know, is United Healthcare. Ooh, ouch. Ouch. And by the way, by one of the largest, I mean one of the top five financial institutions in the world. So uh, do you think there might be other incentives here? Yeah. Um, so. Is there any chance, possibly? Hmm. It's discouraging. It really is discouraging because you feel like you cannot trust any anybody anymore. And it really is getting to that point. I think for a lot of people, they're feeling like, you know what, I'm on my own a little bit now. And maybe being more self-sufficient and being on our own might be a good lesson for us. You know, you're in the financial uh, sector of things too. Where are they putting their money? What are they doing out there? Well, an enormous amount of money is currently being stored in British domiciled accounts, which are remote from U.S. tax and remote from repatriation issues. Um, that's been something that's going on since 1999. We have a thing that the European Union and the OECD refer to as revenue shifting and what's called base erosion. And base erosion is a very sophisticated word for a criminal process called tax evasion. Tax evasion. What's happening is that organizations around the world mm-hmm. are moving vast amounts of money into the British domiciled financial institutions in places like you know, Bermuda, Bahamas, the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. um, the UK itself, um, a bunch of the uh, the crown countries. And, you know, just a couple of days ago, we had the alleged leak of the Pandora Papers, mm-hmm. which are, you know, the latest expose right. on on the nefarious bad actors who are stashing money in in British domiciled accounts, conspicuously missing from all of that Pandora's paper dossier mm-hmm. was all of the U.S. corporations that are doing that hand over fist. And the 
great news is that I have spent a lot of time since 2002 as an agency of the U.S. Treasury under contract unraveling a bunch of the white-collar crime being done by U.S. corporations. So I happen to know about these rackets. And far more interesting than whether Putin has an extra DACA here or there <laughs> right. is how much Apple and how much IBM and how much Google and how much Facebook have in British domiciled venues. But that's not in the Pandora Papers. Hmm. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. And uh, make sure that you get over to Prepare with Kate. This is the My Patriot Supply website that they uh, made just for the show. Preparewithkate.com. There's several specials there that you need to take advantage of, one that anyone can afford. And also, um, you can get on there and make a payment, uh, make payments to them. It's awesome. They have a payment plan. But go to Prepare with Kate and get prepared. I really worry and, and care about every one of you and want to make sure that you have enough food storage. Also, make sure you get over to MyPillow.com, put in the code Kate, you're going to get 66% off. And I would say, absolutely, what are you waiting for? This is an amazing deal, 66% off. Think about all the money you can save on Christmas presents by giving the very best in bedding and robes and slippers and everything, uh, even a dog bed. My gosh. <laughs> so put in the code Kate, get 66% off at MyPillow.com. You'll love it. My guest is David Martin. We're talking about a host of things, even financial things in this hour. And uh, let's go on with the interview. And anytime you have a conspicuous absence called every U.S. corporation yeah, missing from an expose of financial information right. being leaked, right. you know what you know? You know that the people doing the leak are the bigger criminals. Absolutely. Whoa. Whoa. All right. What do they stand to gain from doing the Pandora uh, Pandora Papers? What well, do they, what like do they want? it's like in the water. You throw, you throw bait fish in. Mm-hmm. So that you distract everybody from the fact that there are whales mm -hmm. and there are giant sharks and everybody's going, well, where's the tuna? Where's the tuna? Right. The fact of the matter is that the whales and the sharks did the chumming. Yep. Are they preparing? Uh, you see a lot of preparing for a financial collapse soon. No question. 2028 is the end of the road. Wow. 2028 is the end of Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, the FDIC, and every other entitlement program that started in the 1930s. In 2026 to 2028, we already know that to survive that long, we would have to reduce benefits by 21% and increase the tax rate by 15% just to make it to 2028. You haven't heard any politicians suggest doing that lately. In fact, no. all I've heard is politicians suggesting to spend money and Bernie Sanders saying we've already paid for all this stuff. Well, no, we haven't. Mm -hmm. We've been a drunken college student running up a credit card 
knowing that daddy's good for it, only to find out that daddy isn't good for it because he's going to be indicted for, you know, white collar crime and he's going away for a very long time. And the fact is, we are running a credit tab right now that we will not repay. Mm -hmm. And what the people with money are doing is moving money into a domicile that will be clear of the collapse in 2028. Wow. You know, a friend of mine, uh, actually one of my co-hosts, her parents uh, were selling their land to the Conservancy Act of 2014. And the paperwork was very, very interesting because my uh, co-host had the opportunity to go into and sign and help them sign with us. You get to have your name on the property, but really nothing else. It's in name only. You keep it in your family. Um, but on the end of the paperwork, it said that um, that uh, you were selling it, you were, you, were, you were signing it over to the United States and its successor. Correct. Yeah. And that would be, in your estimation, well, right China? now it's interesting because, you know, I've said for many years, in fact, I'm on a very long, I, I'm not encouraging uh -huh. anybody to go watch it, but mm -hmm. back in 2006 and 2007, I gave the sequence of collapse for the 2008 financial crisis. Um, so all the people who wow. said, who could have seen it coming? Well, the answer you did. is, I did. And yeah. I actually went on camera telling people exactly when it was going to happen. It turns out that I've also been very clear on where the end of this road looks. And the problem here is that we still pretend like these are nation state actors that are going to play a role. The problem is that we left the nation state actor world a long time ago. I would argue as as recently as 1944 at Bretton Woods, mm -hmm. we actually handed over our nation state status to essentially a corporatocracy hmm. where corporations were in fact running the show and governments were theater to actually keep people distracted from what was really going on. Like the parties do. Distractions. Yeah. yeah. The, fact, the fact of the matter is we probably haven't had an honest election since the 1940s, mm -hmm. if they were honest then. Right. We haven't had a fair election certainly since then. So Just I'm, I'm not, not going to hold brazen. my breath. Not one this brazen. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and far worse than that, what mm -hmm. we have is a world in which we still think that maybe the end game is China taking over or whatever else. Mm -hmm. But China already knows it can't. Hmm. If you look at its five-year plans, if you look at the Belt Road Initiative, if you look at all of the things it's done to try to form basket currencies with India, what you see is a recognition that the Communist Party of China and the government of India— and the governments of almost all of the Belt Road countries that essentially is the fertile crescent arc from if you draw kind of a moon shaped arc from Beijing and drop it down through Singapore and Malaysia, mm -hmm. run across Indonesia, come back up through the Middle East and get into Eastern Europe. That arc is going to be the new resource basket control of the world. It has the commodities. Mm -hmm. It has the metals. It has the energy. And courtesy of the Nixon administration liberalization of education programs with Asia back in 1971 and 72, it also has all of the U.S. trained scientists who are now in India and Pakistan and China and every other place that we educated the population to actually get our best and brightest training so that they could go back to their home countries and be capable of, in fact, not only taking our position, but advancing beyond it. Remember that just this week, Russia finally has surpassed the United States in hypersonic missiles. And the U.S. Department of Defense has finally acknowledged 
that Russia, remember, that they lost the Cold War, mm -hmm. the, the Berlin Wall fell down, that Russia, which was supposed to be brought to its knees never to rise again, just launched a Mach 9 missile that flies faster than the speed of sound times nine. Wow. And we're pretending like we are still somehow impervious to what the rest of the world's building. The fact of the matter is this is this is a ship that sailed and we need to start facing the reality that we are going to be flying flags called Costco and Amazon and Alphabet. We're not going to be flying stars and stripes. Boy, that's a great point. And boy, did Russia move fast after being ransacked by Soros and Bush in the 90s. <laughs> Wow. Yep. And looted. Right. They went they went far. Holy cow. Um, my gosh. And, and, and so what does this look like until 2028? Is it a cliff? Is it a slow uh, boiling pot uh, of inflation to the point where nobody can live I, buy groceries? What does it look like in the next several years? Well, if you listen to Klaus Schwab, you're going to oh. own nothing and you're going to be happy about it, right? Oh, that um, German accent. Oh. Listen, yeah. the, 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 funny, the funny thing is that, um, that we've seen this before. We mm -hmm. saw this in the 1970s. Uh, the inflation rates are uh, already, you know, 5.6, 5.8. If you actually add the producer price index, you actually see that we're already back into the mid-70s range of inflation. So, we're going the wrong way fast, um, and, and we got to go the wrong way really fast. The great news is for a while, we're going to keep printing Monopoly money. So my, my wife, Kim, talks about when she played Monopoly with her brother, and, mm -hmm. and essentially you play until the bank runs out of money, not until somebody wins or somebody loses, because right. they just kept doling out money to keep the game going. And that's exactly what's going to happen. The only problem is that we don't have the political fortitude, we don't have any leadership in the political scene to start doing the things that help us adjust and adapt now so that we don't have a crash then. And not unlike what we had in 2008, what mm -hmm. we have is a much more problematic situation because we'll have 122 plus or minus million people who are going to have all of their retirement and their pension benefits wiped out. Imagine what it's like to now have 80-year-olds competing with 18-year-olds for jobs at McDonald's. That's not a good outcome. No. And that's not an American dream. That's an American nightmare. The fact of the matter is what we need to be doing is we need to be having these conversations, Kate, right now. This yeah. is the conversation we need to be having. And what we need to be doing is holding people accountable or putting people in positions of power that are willing to be accountable to make the difficult decisions now. Now, my view has been that in addition to that, I'm very actively working on alternatives. I have an enormous number of technology and financial companies that I have been building over the last several years, mm -hmm. and those are all built with an idea of not being the life raft for saving the falling empire, hmm. but actually the models that will work going forward. And as much as people think that, you know, it's yeah. it's a curse to know what the future holds, I look at it very differently. I look at it the way, you know, we have this beautiful story in the in in the Old Testament about about Joseph. You know, he, he gets to interpret dreams and he gets to see that there are seven years of plenty that are going to be followed by seven years of lean. And 
And so he becomes the grand vizier of Egypt, and he actually saves not only himself and the land of Egypt, but he saves his family from the famine and all this kind of stuff. And listen, the great news is I got to see this a long time ago, and I look at it exactly the same way. If you get to see something a long time in the future, what you get to do is you start building things to prepare for what that future will look like. Sure. And what we are actively doing is we are redefining where the power of energy is going to come from. And the great news is it's not some sort of radical left. You know, everybody's mm -hmm. driving a Tesla sure. because there's not enough lithium to solve the problem. So forget that. Elon <laughs> Musk is is wonderfully delusional, but he's delusional nonetheless. Right, right. We're not all going to be driving Teslas. There's not enough lithium to mine on the planet to do it. So the fact of the matter is we're going to still. Are you ready for this? We're going to still be burning fossil fuels. Good. Whoa. <laughs> Did he say that? Did he really say that? You really that? did. He must be a right-wing crazy. Hmm. Nope, I'm not. We actually have figured out a way to burn fossil fuels without as much emissions. And the great news is we're building that now. Well, that's great. We're going to build that so that when the climate change nut jobs all, hmm. you know, so true. keel over dead from their COVID shots, we're going to have a rational conversation about what energy should look like. It's and we are not going to do digital currencies that are backed on a telecommunication system that the government can shut down because your social score isn't right. At the end of the Amen. day, we're going to have a monetary system that is, are you ready for this? A monetary system with money. That's wow. what it's going to be. Really wild ass, crazy ideas <laughs> like that. You mean it's, actual the gold? The issue is yeah. we have seven years to get ready for this and I'm doing everything I can to do that. Oh, amen to that. In fact, on that note, I'm buying land. Do you see a lot of the wealthy buying up lands here or in different places or where? Absolutely all over the place. Yeah. yeah. One of the best investments I made with a family office that I was on the board of in 2006 was we sat down one night. You, you remember the game of risk? Mm -hmm. yeah. You remember playing yeah. risk? Sure. So we sat down with a map of the world and I said to the investment board, I said, what we're going to do is we're going to find every single artesian spring on every continental divide in the world. Hmm. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. That means a well that comes out of the ground at the top of a ridge anywhere in the world. Why is that important? Well, that's important because what you want is water that can't be contaminated, where no yes. groundwater can seep in, nothing can roll in, nothing can be dumped in. It's at the top of a ridge on a continental divide, and we started buying every single artesian spring around the world on every continental divide. I'll be right back more with Dr. David Martin when I come back. Isn't he fantastic? Yep, that was his stuff. Anyway, be right back. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Hi there, welcome back. Kate Daly Show at your service and uh, Balance of Nature. Make sure and go order that. You know that. Uh, they're a wonderful product. They're the best at what they do. I've searched. They are the best. Um, so if you want a food supplement, and you should, because if you identify what's going on with the food supply, 
you should know that you need to shore up your immune system right now with everything that's coming our way. And so make sure and get balance in nature. I could not speak highly enough about this product. I love it. My husband loves it. My family loves it. My friends love it. I mean, seriously. Um, go to balanceofnature.com and put up the code Kate and, uh, and you'll get 35% off and free shipping and the hand sanitizer that I keep telling you about that you really need for scrapes and cuts. Those are all the things when I interviewed that, uh, or did the, did the show about the guy from Bosnia and he talked all about scrapes and, and how everybody was in need of just the most basic and simple wound care. This is a great product of wound care. And when everything hit the fan in Bosnia, this is what people wanted. Make sure you have it. And you can pick it up for 45 bucks, normally 250 because the system, it's a whole system, and it delivers all these bottles. It's an amazing product that lasts forever, and it's uh, not sticky. There's no smell. There's nothing. I mean, it's just an amazing product. It's even a moisturizer, for Pete's sakes. A hand a hand sanitizer that's a moisturizer. Um, and it, it's, it's hospital-grade for wound care. You just can't go wrong. It's amazing. And I think every prepper, every camper, every off-gritter, um, and every person needs to have this in their home because you can use it right now. And uh, you can also have some in the back, you know, for the food storage, you know, and, and part of that because you're going to need it. Um, so it is. It's hospital grade. It's amazing. Go to the bottom of my homepage. You'll see the, the emblem for Clean Start clean start and go pick that up right away. It's an amazing product. My interview with David Martin, uh, we talk about a little bit about this, um, you know, what moving forward, moving forward. Here we are talking shortages and we'll wrap this up. Uh, the shortages, it's a really interesting concept about what we can do right now. And what you, what Dr. David Martin just said was just so big. What you want is water that can't be contaminated, where no yes. groundwater can seep in, nothing can roll in, nothing can be dumped in. It's at the top of a ridge on a continental divide, and we started buying every single artesian spring around the world on every continental divide. Wow, that's huge. Because we do you not. You want to know shortages. how I look at the world? Yeah. I look at the world as every generation has its opportunity yep. to have success and every generation has its opportunity to fail. And the cool thing is conversations like this, people who are willing to sit long and have appropriate conversations, Kate, like mm -hmm. this one mm -hmm. are the ones that have the chance to win. Absolutely. We were born for this. We were born for this and we weren't supposed to just sit there and whine about it. We've got to get That's busy. That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. There's no water shortages. Water is underground everywhere. Primarywater.org, yep. right? Um, it's underground everywhere. And so we better learn how to do these skills, how to, how to understand how to drill, how to understand how to, you know, really bring our resources to us because they're there and they've always yep. been there. Yeah. Uh, boy, Dr. David Martin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. You shed light on a lot of things, and I was really grateful. It is an honor, and I look forward to the chance we have to meet in person whenever yes. and wherever that might be. Two weeks. We can act. <laughs> I there think. you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it's Salt Lake. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dick. Dr. David Martin. That was amazing. And, you know, I really appreciate him for all the knowledge he has. He is just astounding in the things he can just recollect right off the right recollect right off the top of his his head. I absolutely love that. There's a couple of things I want us to be aware of. You know, LA County was uh was getting a little power hungry and uh they decided that uh, they were going to clamp down harder than anyone in the nation. I guess I don't 
even that doesn't even shock me truly anymore because I realize that uh, that LA would do that. <laughs> so um, we can see it coming, right? The coasts are, are kind of like this. But they wanted to clamp down and they wanted to force the employees and they wanted to do all of these things. And and right now, you know, well, I've had the uh, firemen on the show from L.A. County and they were fighting this. Uh, I, they had over seven, eight hundred firemen saying, we'll walk out if you do this. So the sheriff stepped forward. And I want to make mention of this because I applaud this. And this is truly where we need good sheriffs, where this really comes into play. And I want to end this Friday show with something that is positive, please, you know. Um, but uh, Los Angeles Sheriff Alex uh, Villanueva said he is not going to force his employees to get vaccinated um, as required by a mandate by the city council passed on Wednesday. Mandates are not laws. Anyway, the issue has become so politicized, he said. There are entire groups of employees that are willing to be fired and laid off rather than get vaccinated. So I don't want to be in a position to lose 5%, 10% of my workforce overnight on a vaccine mandate. The sheriff, oh, I just love this. The sheriff also uh, cited the defunding effort and referred to it, you know, coupled with the vaccine mandate as the worst of two worlds. So he said that he will not enforce the mandate. Um, He's saying employees are willing to get fired over it. He said, I don't want to be in a position to lose this. And so people were tweeting this out. And on Wednesday, the Los Angeles, you know, city had passed this ordinance that would require customers to show proof of vaccination before entering all these venues, you know, restaurants and salons and gyms. I mean, anything they could possibly nail down for more control. Shame on them. They're not true Americans. The mandate is one of the strictest passed, like I said, and uh, the ordinance does not apply to pharmacies and grocery stores and is expected to go into effect um, on November 4th. Well, exceptions will be made for those who have a medical reason not to get the shot and for those with a sincerely held religious belief. So they say they're honoring exemptions. (laughs) Can you believe this? What a crop of, you know, crock of crap, we call it, right? Well... I'll tell you what, this is where businesses need to band together. And this is why we've been talking for so long about having PACs for businesses. And I mean like P-A-C-T, like a pact. And a hundred businesses are not going to do these kinds of things. You know, I remember when a local gym uh, here uh, really got their uh, panties in a wad and, and absolutely, you know, we're like telling people, you know, you can't come in because you te- even though you're fine now, you tested positive for COVID in the beginning. So you can't you can't go in and closing everything down and closing down hot tubs for Pete's sakes. Can you get more lame than that? I mean, a hot tub? I mean, honestly, that's one place you probably want to be in. I mean, give me a break, right? And this is the kind of stuff they were doing. And so I actually, um, you know, uh, I just think that you as a business out there, stop being lame. <laughs> Don't go through with this. You do not have to comply with a city mandate like that. Give me a break. You do not have to do it. And you're going to lose customers and you're going to lose faith uh, that those customers have in you as a business. And I surely hope that businesses aren't going to be that stupid to do that. And, and just, you know, you don't have to go along with these, these uh, crazy communists that try to run cities and shut things down or, or want a mandate. And 
businesses need to band together and show each other that we're not going to put up with it because we're Americans. We're not going to let these people elected into office act like this. We're not going to let them do this to us. If we band together, you guys, if we truly band together as a people, if we band together as businesses and say, not only are you not going to lock us down if something happens, because I know you have more, you know, coming our way, but also we are not going to enforce anything on the American people. I plead with people today to find your American blood, to find your American backbone I plead with the sheriffs to find that backbone. I actually didn't think Los Angeles County had it in them. I didn't think that they had a sheriff that would actually see through this this nonsense, this insane abuse of um, privacy, of our rights. Um, and I love that he's standing up, which means there's a lot of hope here. There's a lot of hope. And remember what I said yesterday. You know, we have a situation where they bribed us. They bribed us with lotteries and donuts and freebies and and added on paycheck amounts like Walmart, stupid Walmart doing $150 or $250. Shame on you, Walmart, uh, for making people get a vaccine and saying not making them, but giving them this extra incentive. You know, we have so much of that. Right. And they did a bit multi-billion dollar if not trillion dollars, campaign to not only tell us on intercoms and in stores and, I mean, the signage and and the uh, trouble they all went to, right? And really only 30, maybe 35% went in and signed up for that, that vaccine. <laughs> After all of that, what does that tell you about the American people? Tells me a lot. The other 15 to 20% were probably, um, um, you know, uh, there were some, uh, I'm sure, a lot of crazies out there saying, you can't see your grandkids unless you go get that shot. Can you even imagine doing that and being that lame? Can you even imagine doing that to your own parents? But people out there were doing it. And so this is the problem we have in America right now, right? Well, you know what? Only 10 to, well, 15 to 20% were were basically told they couldn't have a life unless, you know, they did it or, and they were, they were, um, absolutely kind of, you know, um, prodded into it. But the rest of us said no. And that should tell you a lot because people refused extra perks and they refused this authoritarian, uh, control. That speaks a lot to the American people. And it says a lot to my heart as an American that I know that people aren't going to just cave and that they can see through this. I say a lot on the show, my gosh, you know, I want to vomit. That's my number one statement. And then number two, I can't believe this is happening. Are people going to wake up? That's a lot of awake people, don't you think? That's a lot of awake people. Half the nation did not pony themselves up for this shot voluntarily because they could see, they knew, and they might be the silent majority, which we really need to work on. Okay. But they saw, they know, they know it's dangerous. They know that they shouldn't probably be taking it. They know that uh, it's an experiment that says so much to me. And as an American citizen of this great country, I'm proud of that because I think had it been any other country, you're probably looking at a vast majority going and getting that shot because they believe in the propaganda, right? The FDA slip said there's no COVID in the shot. 
page 39 and 40 of the own CDC document of their own CDC document back in September of 2020 said they don't have an isolated even sample of COVID a year, almost a year in. Okay. There are so many documents that say we don't really have this thing. They based the PCR test off of MERS and flu and SARS. What does that tell you? They didn't have anything. They didn't even have a sample of it in the, in the PCR to actually make a test. So they just said, we're going after nucleic acid because that rises when you're ill. <laughs> That's how basic that test is. Did you know that with all the information we're able to share as patriotic Americans to our core, that we were able to share this and people started finding out, even with the load of propaganda, even with, you know, Walmart saying, we're all in this together. You remember that? Jeez. You know, I made a T-shirt that said, we're all buying into this together. <laughs> and I actually had a Walmart worker walk up to me and go, I love your shirt. I'm like, do you? Have you actually read it? <laughs> we're all buying into this together. You know, there's so many of you that are rebels. There's so many of you that I just adore because I know your heart. I know, I know what you stand for. You stand for everything good. You're like that sheriff that stood up and said, this is political and I'm not doing this and I'm not going to enforce it because I don't want to lose my staff. And I almost wish he would have went farther and said, because it's unconstitutional, you cannot do this and you cannot pretend a mandate is a law. A good sheriff a good mayor, good city councils that see through the garbage, people that won't send letters to you that say, go get the shot. I think you're going to need it. You know, this kind of thing. You know what? We need to get them out of office. We need to get in new people that understand this country. We need to have control over our local elections, county commissioners, mayors. I mean, these are the people that truly affect your life. And then your governor. Well, I have a governor that's bought and sold. He's just a piece of work, and he's really sad. And, uh, and you know what? There are elections, and hopefully he'll get voted out. And that's all I can say about that one. But I hope people are finally starting to realize that if you have a good sheriff and you're a business, stand up to this nonsense. Don't waste another second. You stand up to this, and you say, absolutely no, I will not comply. That's the America I know. That is the America I love. And you know what? It exists. It exists. And there are too many people out there that totally understand what's going on. So please stand up to this nonsense. If half of our country sees it right now, more than half, we're in good shape. We're in good shape. We can fight this. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday. Be faithful. Be fearless. See you back here.